Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Before we get into it, and we are, I am ready, I am poised. One of the reasons I promote our podcast is not only because of simplicity of use, and many of you have iPhones and Androids and a variety of ways of listening beyond terrestrial radio, and we do appreciate all of our affiliates is because in some markets we are preempted for the silliest of things. Even though we're not supposed to be. So I want to encourage you to download our app so you can listen to this program. If you go on our social media sites, Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, you go on the uh, Mark Levin Show Parlor, you will see we have started to put twice a day links to Um, podcast, so you can sign up extremely easily on the Apple platform. I am told for two hours tomorrow we will be preempted on WABC from 7 to 9 p.m. for some uh, GOP local convention. Uh, So if you want to listen to me in New York, I want to recommend that you go ahead and download the podcast. Go to marklevinshow.com, click on the audio rewind middle of the top homepage, Uh, It'll take you to the podcast page, and you can pick whichever podcast you want. Right now, we're pushing the Apple podcast, but you can use the others, too. And as I say on my social media sites, we will continue to link to those. So you'll be able to hear the show no matter what decision an owner or management makes. Uh, This show is not supposed to be preempted in New York except for breaking news. uh, And I will deal with that another day. So whether it's New York or any other station, you can circumvent those decisions by going directly to the podcast. Uh, 
people like our podcast. It's growing by leaps and bounds. And I try and tell these uh, ownership companies and program directors, the more you interfere with the show and the more you put it later at night, the more people are going to skip over you and program it themselves and go to the podcast. It's a basic issue of survival for stations. If they, if they handle this correctly, they'll do just fine. If they don't, they won't. All right, that aside. The great civil rights issue today is not reparations. It's not redistribution of wealth. It's not quote-unquote police brutality, of which there's very, very little. The great civil rights issue of our day is whether we, not, whether we want little kids to get educated or not. Particularly little poor kids. Particularly little minority kids. Now, what the left would have you believe, and the Democrat parties just keep pouring tens of billions of dollars into failing school systems. Well, we've done that. We've done that for decades. It doesn't work. What's needed is competition. We have an antitrust division in the federal government, and there are antitrust divisions in various state departments of justice. And what do they exist for? To promote competition. So before one publisher can buy another, one toast, toaster maker can buy another, one car company can buy another, they go through this process because it is believed, at least the theory is, that competition is a good thing, right? When you shop, don't you compete? Don't you go online and look at the best product for the best price? When you buy an airline ticket, don't you look for the best price and the, the best service, the best flights? So why do we treat our children worse than we treat companies that want to acquire each other? Why is the competition is a great thing when you're buying a loaf of bread or you're buying an automobile, but not when you're educating your children? I'll tell you why. Because the Democrat Party is in the back pocket of the militant teachers' unions, just as they're in the back pocket of the militant trial lawyers, and I can go down the list. The teachers' unions are very diabolical in many ways. In states where they can strike, they threaten to shut down the schools and to kick the children to the sidewalk. Today, many of our schools are closed across the country, not because of the China virus, but because of the teachers' unions. And the teachers' unions make sure that the teachers continue to get paid and their pensions contribute to be contributed to, and they continue to get medical care even though they're not in the classroom. And this is an important fact to consider down the road when your school boards and your local governments want to massively increase the property taxes on your homes and on your businesses to continue to pay for this edifice which today is not even functioning or barely functioning. But that's not even the point of this discussion. The Democrats like to talk about the rich versus the poor. They like to talk about income gaps. They like to talk about how the Republicans are for the rich and they're for the poor, when in fact the opposite is true. If kids can't get an education, they're going to fail in life. 
they're going to fail in life. I've been involved in this school choice movement for decades through the great landmark legal foundation. And I've told you, we have litigated these matters in states, into the Supreme Court of various states, including Wisconsin and Ohio, the United States Supreme Court, and the pave, the road has been paved legally and constitutionally now to allow school choice because of groups like Landmark Legal Foundation and others. And we had to fight the NEA and the AFT and the NAACP. Yes, the NAACP. We had to fight them all. And we won. And we won. So much for systematically racist. Or systemically racist. And so Joe Biden bragged about how he could work with segregationists when he was a United States senator. Some of them were his friends and mentors. His running mate called him out on it during one of the debates, famously or infamously. Joe Biden. Joe Biden gave a long speech about his dear friend, Robert Byrd, the Grand Kleagel, who started the Klan in West Virginia. And now Joe Biden's at it again. Joe Biden is effectively the Orville Faubus and the George Wallace in his anti-school choice movement positions. He, his unions, his party are standing in the schoolhouse door to prevent little kids, particularly little minority kids, in the poorest of our neighborhoods from getting a leg up, from allowing their parents to choose schools, even in their own neighborhoods, that are not the government school down the street that could be crime-infested, drug-infested, where the teachers may not be able to teach or may not be teaching. He wants to deny parents the opportunity to get their little kids educated. Even if just a five, six blocks away there's a private school or a parochial school or a charter school where they can actually learn and get a leg up. Joe Biden opposes this. Is LeBron James aware of this? Is Oprah Winfrey aware of this? Al Sharpton aware of this? Of course, they're all aware of it. They're all aware of it. And who's the leading voice for the school choice movement today? For this civil rights movement? Of course, it's President Donald Trump. President Donald Trump, who's tried to do more for the minority communities in this country, whether it's black, Hispanic, Asian, He's tried to do more through governmental policies than any prior president that I can think of, including Obama, our first black president. Obama sought to shut down the one school choice option that existed in the District of Columbia, even though he sent his own kids to a very expensive private school. The irony. Here's Joe Biden today. He's being interviewed by the president of the National Education Association, Lily Escalin Garcia. Now, I want you to listen carefully 
Because, you know, when he talks to the radical environmentalists, he says, no fossil fuels, no fracking. Then he goes to Western Pennsylvania, he says, I never said that. He said it repeatedly. Oh, I never said that. Where he talks about defunding, that is, reallocating funds from the police. He says, I never said that. I never said defund the police. But of course he did. He said, I'm going to mandate a mask nationwide. And then he realizes he can't constitutionally. And then he said, I never said that. I never said that. He says, if one of the government scientists tell him that you're going to shut down the economy, he's going to shut down the entire economy. Oh, I, I didn't mean that. I never said that. He means everything he says initially. Then he tries to back off because he realizes it's going to cost him the presidency. Now, I want you folks to listen very, very carefully. This is Joe Biden talking to the National Education Association yesterday. The president of that organization asking him a question. And I want you to listen to how emphatic he is. That little minority kids, little kids, period, but especially little minority kids who need the taxpayer funds to follow them so they can go to an alternative school rather than the failing crime-infested, drug-infested government school down the street where Joe Biden is saying, no. No. Cut one, go. There are lots of people who think uh, there are other ways to solve all of these problems, and NEA members have pushed back against what we think are very misguided school reforms, like charter schools. Regularly now, we've seen families and communities who will join us in fighting to save that neighborhood public school. Um, you know how well, we let's feel. Let's just stop a second. Nobody's stopping this neighborhood public school from existing. In fact, they get all the resources from the government. Nobody's stopping them. But our kids don't exist for the government schools. That's not why we pay taxes. That's why we send our kids to school in order to fill up classrooms so the government schools have the number of students that they want. That's not why our kids exist. That's our flesh and blood. We want the very best for them. And why shouldn't kids, little kids, and their parents in poor neighborhoods get the very best? That might be available to them within a mile or two mile radius. But listen to Joe Biden's answer. Go ahead. Charter schools. We'd like to know how you feel about charter schools. I will not. There will be no federal dollars. I'm not Betsy DeVos, nor will my uh, my sector of education be anything like her in terms of her attitudes about public schools. No privately funded charter school would receive, or private charter school receive a penny of federal money. None. There you go. None. None. Now this should shock you. This should upset you. And yet I'm going to tell you what. It won't change the mind of a single so-called African-American leader. It won't change the mind of a single so-called Civil rights leader? Not one. It won't change the course of the Black Lives Movement or the NBA or the NFL. Here you have a man who used to work with segregationists, who was admonished by his running mate who all of a sudden forgot everything. Here you have a man who's done absolutely nothing for minority communities. Nothing. And he just expects to pocket 90, 95% of the vote of black Americans 
and a big percentage of the vote of, uh, of Hispanic Americans. And Black Lives Matter wants him to get elected and wants to defeat Trump. But who is standing in the door house way? Joe Biden and his party. The party of slavery, the party of segregation. Never forget it. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time. Because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in. Whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. The Democrats and their unions have destroyed the public school system in many communities. Destroyed them. The Democrats have destroyed the environment in many of their states. You can see this in Oregon and California and in Washington State, but other states too. The Democrats, so many of them, have destroyed their cities with the violence in the anti-cop positions that they have. The Democrat Party is a wrecking ball. That's what it is. It destroys things. There are organizations and people who create things and build things, and there are organizations and people who destroy things. The Democrat Party destroys things. They want you to believe they build things. They build these edifices, these massive federal programs. But in doing so, They compel you, compel you to participate in them. So here we have a a public school system throughout the country. It spends lavishly, despite what they might say. The benefits are second to none, second to none. Right now, mostly teaching is not taking place in these facilities. Your taxes haven't been cut, property taxes. And so even any competition is to be destroyed, even though it would help little kids. I'll be right back. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College. 
one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. It's your daily adult dosage of the Constitution. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Now, Joe Biden wants you to believe that a mask is the answer to most of the problems. If he would just mandate the wearing of a mask, and if people would just wear a mask at all times when they're outside, it would be the most effective way to deal with the virus. Now, you may recall, it wasn't that long ago, it was the beginning of the year, when we were told that masks are useless, don't wear a mask. Joe Biden has flip-flopped and flipped on this issue. He said, yes, he would mandate a mask. Then he said he understands it's unconstitutional. Now, today he says his lawyers tell him it is constitutional. This is a guy who says he would act effectively with definitive decisions to save lives when it comes to the virus. He's all over the map. Here he is. Cut five. Go. University of Washington model, which the White House has previously touted, projects that cases and deaths are going to spike this November. Now, the, United, the, the White House may have done so previously, but in many respects, it's become unreliable. But that's okay. Joe's only six months behind. Go ahead. And an additional by 215,000 Americans, they say, are going to die. Began the spike in November, but by the first of the year, 215,000 will be dead additionally. Now, let's just stop. These models have been wrong constantly. But Joe Biden wants to paint the bleakest picture humanly possible and then blame the president of the United States. Now, it wasn't that long ago, folks when information was provided by the CDC and others that pointed out that over 40% of the deaths that occurred in the United States dealt with 0.06% of the population, that is, people in nursing homes and assisted living homes. 42% of the deaths from a population of 0.06% in nursing homes and assisted living homes. Now, I want to make this very clear, because it's very important. Joe Biden, his surrogates, Kamala Harris, Pelosi, Schumer, the Democrat Party, have been trying to blame deaths on the President of the United States, which is disgusting. It's like blaming cancer deaths on the President of the United States. 
That said, over 40% of the deaths involve Democrat governors like Cuomo and Murphy, like Whitmer and Pritzker and Newsom and others. Putting so many of our nursing home seniors and our assisted living seniors at deadly risk with this virus by issuing edicts, edicts, compelling these facilities to take people who tested positive for the Wuhan China coronavirus. Now here's my point. Have you heard Joe Biden criticize any one of these Democrat governors? Not one and not once. Have you heard Joe Biden condemn these fiats put out by these governors? Compelling nursing homes and assisted living facilities to accept people with the coronavirus into these facilities? Have you heard Joe Biden condemn that practice? Not once. Which takes me to the next point. If Joe Biden had been president of the United States, God forbid, he would have opposed the travel ban to and from China. He would eventually oppose the travel ban to and from Europe. The borders would be wide open with God knows who with what coming across the borders. And I have to assume since Joe Biden has not condemned a single governor or a single policy that contributed heavily to the death of over 40% of American citizens in these nursing homes and assisted living facilities that Joe Biden would have supported those policies nationwide. Cuomo, Murphy, and the others all of whom support Biden, all of whom Biden has celebrated in the past, you have to assume, and I do assume, that if Joe Biden had been president of the United States, there would be thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of more deaths today as a result of these Democrat Party policies and Biden's policies. So he goes around talking about wearing a mask. That whole mandate, that's the quick fix. This is the man in 2009 who was put in charge of the swine flu. What they call H1N1. And in a long piece, in a Biden-friendly, a left-wing-friendly website called Politico, a headline that I've talked about with you before. Biden has fought a pandemic before. It did not go smoothly. And yet the President of the United States did everything he could as President to create hospital beds and ventilators and respirators and to get PPE to uh, various governors. Put enormous sums of money into building up an infrastructure. There was no testing at the CDC. He inherited a mess. Now there's tests galore. Tests galore. Then he put in place a a project called Warp Speed to try and get a vaccine and therapies as fast as possible. And rather than celebrating the fact that we may have a vaccine in a few weeks or a month, 
the Democrats and the Biden machine, meaning the media, they come out and they do and they say what? We don't trust it because it's the Trump administration. It's Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson and other companies working with the experts in the federal government. What do they don't they don't trust it because of the Trump administration? So in other words, whether it's school choice, whether it's riots and violence in the street, whether it's the coronavirus and the death of people, in part or in whole due to that virus, and a hundred other issues important to America. The Democrat Party is on the wrong side. It's always on the wrong side. Rather than saying, how can we help? How can we help with this virus? How can we contribute to protecting the American people? They never say that. I'm listening to questions to the president today before this program by this so-called media. And the contradictions are unbelievable. On the one hand, they suggest it's too fast, it might be political. And then on the other hand, they say, well, when it's out, will everybody have access to it? In other words, the president says we're getting it out quickly, we're going to distribute it as fast as we can, we're going to get it to first respondents, people with these morbidities, the elderly, you know, people are the most vulnerable, then we'll get it out to others. Well, how fast can you get it out to everybody? So on the one hand... They're criticizing him because apparently it's too fast. But on the other hand, once he has the vaccine, how can he make sure it gets out really, really fast to everybody who wants it and needs it? It's like the economy argument they make. Joe Biden says if he's told by a scientist that we need to shut down the economy, he's going to shut down the economy. I want you to think about that. These so-called scientists, many of them are quacks. They've been wrong a lot. They've been absurdly wrong. They've contradicted themselves. So he'd shut down the economy. He'd shut it down. Then he backs off. He says, well, you know, it depends, maybe not. And then, because the president follows the science, and the economy is effectively shut down for a period of time, the economic impact is obvious, so they blame him for the economic consequences, and they claim it's because he didn't act quickly enough on the virus. And so he's responsible for the virus. He's responsible for the economic consequences of the virus. He's responsible for the number of dead. He's responsible for the wildfires. He's responsible for the riots because he dared to send in federal law enforcement to protect a federal courthouse in Portland. How much more of this crap can you take, ladies and gentlemen? How much more of these big lies can you take from a party that has no good answers to reality? It's got these wild, radical abstractions which it intends to impose on us. It intends to change our Constitution through the back door. It intends to make sure that it'll be in power forever. It intends to destroy the United States Senate in the filibuster rule. It intends to pack all the federal courts with radicals, which is exactly why Biden will not give us a list of his potential Supreme Court nominees. It intends to open the border to illegal aliens. It intends to give them citizenship and free health care. How much more are we going to put up with this crap? 
I guess we'll find out in a few weeks. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. So you got to wear masks. In Joe Biden's world, you'll all be wearing masks. He may shut down the economy from sea to shining sea. Communist China is going to love it. Of course, he's bought and paid for by communist China. But then there's Dr. Vin Gupta at MSLSD today. Dr. Vin Gupta. Listen to this jerk. And Andrea Mitchell, she's so pathetic. She should be on Saturday Night Live playing herself. She doesn't even have to change what she says. She's such a joke. Cut seven, go. And then, Andrew, I'll just say, you know, living here on the West Coast, people are in a state of psychological shutdown under this president's leadership. It didn't have to be this way. 140,000 people could be alive today. We now are past 200,000 deaths. So this is what you get from the quacks. The political hacks with medical degrees. I don't even know what kind of uh, doctor he is, honestly. For all I know, he's a proctologist. I'm not saying he is. I don't know. But he's got a very dark mind. Let me put it to you that way. So people are in a state of psychological shutdown, and it's the president's fault. 140,000 people could be alive today, and now we're past 200,000 deaths. This is the kind of sick commentary we get on so-called news platforms. Go ahead have enough masks people are scared to leave their homes yes we do have enough masks you idiot they're all over the place you need to get out more plenty of masks and no thanks to uh, biden and obama and the democrats go ahead have the right masks to protect them and 95 masks ones that i have as an icu doc right here andrea most people don't have access to them what's the president doing what's the messaging we just don't talk about uh, it uh, let he- me help you out genius this guy's a medical degree? Where do you get it from? Ed's Medical School? I don't know. I don't know anything about him. ICU doctor? Better never work on me, that's for sure. The issue isn't what the president's doing, genius. The issue is what are these governors doing? You may not have noticed it, but you are in California. 
And Governor Newsom has complete control over that economy. And there's very little the President of the United States can do about it other than keep telling him to open the economy. Let me ask you something, uh, Dr. Schnook. How many people in your state have died as a result of suicide or drug overdoses? How many households have seen a rise in child abuse and spousal abuse? How many, genius? How many people have died because they've put off surgeries or even doctor's appointments because jerks like you scare the hell out of everybody? The mortality rate is very, very low in this country. And here's what this schmo can't tell you. How are you defining death by coronavirus? I've gone through this for months, for months. If people are already sick and on death's bed and they get coronavirus, in some of these states they're blaming it on coronavirus. And what's sick about this kind of reporting, such as it is, they can't wait for that 200,000 death mark. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? They're getting, we're not even there yet, but they want to be there so they can use that number. 200,000, that's on Trump. And then you have Biden saying there's going to be 215,000 more. There's going to be over 400,000 deaths. Thanks to Donald Trump. Donald Trump did it, ladies and gentlemen, because he won't tell people to wear masks. He won't tell churchgoers to stop going to church. Donald Trump did it. He didn't act fast enough when we were trying to impeach him or telling people to come to Chinatown or holding rallies. He didn't act fast enough. Do these people sound like they want to actually solve this problem? When they politicize everything, they have politicized science, they have politicized medicine. And now they're politicizing death. Do these people sound like they really give a damn about the people who are dying? Do they? It's a talking point. I noticed Dr. Vin Gupta didn't talk about Cuomo or Murphy or Newsom and the others who put out their orders... That led to many, many deaths in nursing homes and assisted living homes. Dr. Gupta doesn't mention that. Tell me something, Dr. Gupta. How many people would be alive today if these Democrat governors weren't in office? I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Why are the media stupid in this country? Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, Again, again, well, you're going to have a vaccine when, when, maybe in a few weeks, maybe November, then we need the FDA approval. I don't know. You're skipping any steps. You're sure it'll be safe. Yeah, no, no. I mean, we're, we're moving in as fast as we can. On the other hand, we're not skipping any steps. But will you have enough vaccine for the whole country? You believe this, Mr. Producer? First of all. It's like they're troubled by there's a vaccine that may come out this quickly, right? 
And then, what do they say? Well, is there going to be enough for everybody? Well, which one is it? We want to close the economy. But look, look at the unemployment. This is the idiocy. All right, we only have three hours, so I got I to gotta move along here. One of the greatest attorneys general in the history of this country is Bill Barr. And I worked for one of the greatest attorneys general myself, Edwin Meese. This is Bill Barr's second go-around. When he was around 40 years old, he was the attorney general for George H.W. Bush. He's about 70 now, and he's the attorney general for Donald Trump. And and he uh, did a podcast interview, and he gave terrific answers. You see, Eric Holder can run around and make the most outlandish and asinine statements on the face of the earth about race, about the American people, about abortion and gerrymandering. And, all. and he can do a lot of that while he was the attorney general. Remember, he was Obama's wingman. Remember him saying that, Mr. Bill? Um, he's Obama's wingman. His deputy attorney general, they were handing out pardons like lollipops to Mark Rich, to the FALN terrorists, and on and on and on. But here's Bill Barr on this podcast, and a uh, hat tip to Breitbart that captured it, and our buddy Joel Pollack. Cut eight, go. Well, as an attorney general, I'm not supposed to get into politics, or at least, well, no, I mean, you know, generally, for example, attorneys general don't go out and campaign and so forth. But I do think that there's... Uh, I think we were getting into a position where we were going to find ourselves irrevocably committed to a socialist path. And I think if Trump loses this election, that that will be the case. In other words, I think there's now a clear fork in the road for our country. What's very strange is that all the great thought that has inspired our country, that undergirds our country, that has made our country great, the principles and the thinking behind it, uh, have been forgotten by a large segment of the people. Not even forgotten, because probably they were never taught about it. They never considered it. Exactly right. Exactly right. There's more. Cut nine, go. You know, liberals project... You know, the president is going to stay in office and seize power and all this I've never heard of that crap. I mean, I'm the attorney general. I would think I would have heard about it, okay? They're projecting. They are creating an incendiary situation where there's going to be loss of confidence in the vote. It'll be a close vote. People will say, you know, someone, you know, the president won Nevada. Oh, wait a minute. We just discovered 100,000 ballots. Every every vote must be counted. Yeah, but we don't know where these freaking votes came from. (laughs) I love this guy. I really do. He is terrific. And he happens to be right on. Attorney General Barr, cut 10, go. The so-called resistance, which is not a proper term to use in our democracy, 
uh, you know, instead of loyal opposition, it became actual resistance. There undoubtedly are many people in the government who surreptitiously work to thwart uh, the administration and uh, uh, the turn now to the mob violence and the countenancing of mob violence is another very disconcerting development because I, I think that the increasingly the message of the Democrats appear to see appears to be um, uh, nice Biden or no peace. Yeah, what? Right. Nice in other words, you got here, dude. You know, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, but also, it's like, you know, the only way this is going to stop is if you vote Biden. That that becomes mob. That is ruled by the mob, and we're we're approaching that. And he's exactly right. He's exactly right. Here's a breaking story. In the Wall Street Journal, the Attorney General tells prosecutors to consider charging violent protesters with sedition. And he's right about that. Attorney General William Barr told the nation's federal prosecutors to be aggressive when charging violent demonstrators with crimes, including potentially prosecuting protesters for plotting to overthrow the U.S. government. People with the, uh, familiar with the conversation said, but they are plotting to overthrow the U.S. government. They said so, haven't they, Mr. Producer? They're plotting to overthrow the government. That's what they tell us. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and the rest. In a conference call with U.S. attorneys across the country last week, Mr. Barr warned that sometimes violent demonstrations across the U.S. could worsen as the November presidential election approaches. He encouraged the prosecutors to seek a number of federal charges, including under a rarely used sedition law, even when state charges could apply, the people said. Well, of course, the problem with state charges is state prosecutors need to bring them, and they're not. The call underscores the priority Mr. Barr has given to prosecuting crimes connected to months of protests against racial injustice. See, here's the propaganda. The reporters, Sadie German and Aruna Viswanatha, if that is her name. So you see, all these riots are for racial injustice, like the one in Lancaster. Where the guy had a knife. He'd stabbed four people before. He's running at the cop with a knife. So they shoot him dead. And that was racial injustice, don't you know? Or the guy in Atlanta. Outside the Wendy's. Who was physically in a, in a brawl with two police officers. Grabbed their taser. Shot the taser at them. Yeah, that was racial injustice. Or this guy in, uh, in, Kenosha, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, who, uh, who the Biden-Kamala team just loved. They embraced him. They're proud of him. This is a violent sexual rapist, a predator. The police were called on the scene because he digitally raped his ex-girlfriend despite the fact that there was a court order. And he did it while one of her little children were lying next to her in bed. The guy was tased twice, brawling with the cops, goes to his... Uh, The driver's side of the car reaches in where there happens to be a knife on the floorboard. That's also one of uh, LeBron James' heroes. You find that most of the cases that we've been seeing lately, these are violent felons. Violent felons. 
And yet the Wall Street Journal news page says this is uh, about racial injustice. While they're burning down black communities, why white Black Lives Matter people are members and white Black Lives Matter Antifa are going into these communities, wreaking havoc, and then leaving these communities. Federal prosecutors have charged more than 200 people with violent crimes related to the protests, most of whom face counts of arson, assaulting federal officers, or gun crimes. Remember the good old days of the Tea Party, Mr. Producer? You never saw or heard about any of this. FBI officials earlier this year described the perpetrators as largely opportunistic individuals taking advantage of the protests. In more recent months, police officials said they're alarmed by the presence of armed fringe groups from both sides of the political spectrum. Now, mostly one side, and it's not the political spectrum. It's Black Lives Matter and Antifa, which is embraced by the Democrat Party, and in some cases, white supremacists, neo-Nazis, Klansmen, who are not embraced by the Republican Party. In the call last week, Barr urged prosecutors to seek federal charges whenever possible. He's right. Two of the people said, so first of all, you have this confidential discussion, and then you have U.S. attorneys leaking to the media. Good job. But I happen to like what Barr said. He listed a number of additional statutes they could potentially use, including one addressing conspiracies or plots to overthrow the government, Legal experts say the rarely used statute could be difficult to prove in court and potentially run up against First Amendment protections. Well, that's BS. We have their own statements about wanting to overthrow the government. These are Marxist anarchists. We have their own mission statements. To bring a sedition case, prosecutors would have to prove there was a conspiracy to attack government agents. Oh, that should be tough. That posed an imminent danger. Legal experts said rhetoric alone won't suffice. Wow, it won't? It seems to me everybody who was attacking and is attacking the Portland Federal Courthouse fits that definition. Officials have also discussed using a statute that allows prosecutors to bring a federal crime against someone who impedes or obstructs a law enforcement officer responding to unrest, which experts said is also infrequently applied and could raise similar challenges. Who cares if it's infrequently applied? Federal prosecutors in June brought that charge against three people accused of throwing Molotov cocktails at New York City police vehicles during protests. They have pleaded not guilty. Justice Department spokesman declined to comment. I'm just encouraged by this, quite frankly. People are trying to overthrow the government. It's an amazing thing, as I keep saying. Early on during this, you might recall the, uh, the mostly peaceful protesters who were pulling down statues. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Indiscriminately. didn't matter. They were uh, abolitionists, Abraham Lincoln, Louis, Louis, uh, Ulysses S. Grant, as well as Confederate generals, as well as Catholic icons. It's an amazing thing, and Nancy Pelosi got up, and uh, Eva Pelosi, and she said, uh, these Confederate generals, they should be removed. Why? Why should they be removed? Because they were trying to overthrow the government. That's what she said. And that's exactly what Antifa and Black Lives Matter is doing, and they don't talk about That, and that's real, you know, they're not statues. Those are real people with real Molotov cocktails. 
Uh, Lindsey Graham's on TV tonight. Can't miss that one. Anyway, uh, I like the way uh, Bill Barr's thinking. He's right on. And let's hope the U.S. attorneys throw the book at these people. Now, some of them are. Remember that slob? I believe she was in Rochester, Black Lives Matter. There was an elderly couple there, and she grabbed their drink and drank their drink and started abusing them. Remember that, Mr. Producer? You know that she's been charged? Out in Portland, remember they had some of the individuals who were using lasers who were blinding federal law enforcement officers out there? Well, they caught one of them. And they're throwing the book at him, too. Slowly but surely, they're trying to and starting to track down these individuals. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know what I hate? Overpaying for something. We're already taxed to death. Then you pile on all the other services holding us hostage to high rates. Home internet, cable, utilities. Then there's your cell phone bill. AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. They all want to charge you for data you'll never need and so-called perks you'll never use. Thank goodness for Pure Talk USA. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same coverage, same towers, same bars, but costs you half with no contract and no excessive fees. Right now, enjoy unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. The average person is saving $400 a year on their wireless bill. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. When you do, you'll save $250 off any iPhone, including the brand new iPhone SE. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, That's L-E-V-I-N podcast. I have before me, ladies and gentlemen, New York Department of Health, Andrew Cuomo, Governor, Howard Zucker, MDJD, Commissioner, Sally Dreslin, MSRN, Executive Deputy Commissioner, March 25, 2020. What I would call not a memorandum, but a death warrant. Nursing home administrators, directors of nursing, and hospital discharge planners from the New York State Department of Health. Advisory, hospital discharges and admissions to nursing homes. Please distribute immediately. March 25, 2020. COVID-19 has been deleted, uh, detected in multiple communities throughout New York State. This is an urgent need to expand hospital capacity in New York State to be able to meet the demand for patients with COVID-19 requiring acute care. Now, that was a lie because they had the hospital. They had the hospital ship. They had the Javits Center, neither of which were used in any significant way. As a result, this directive is being issued to clarify expectations for nursing homes receiving residents returning from hospitalization. And nursing homes accepting new admissions. Hospital discharge planning staff and nursing homes should carefully review this guidance with all staff directly involved in resident admission, transfer, and discharge. By the way, this death warrant is no longer on any of the state of New York's websites. This was uh, 
secured months ago, uh, and uh, we have a copy of it, and we've had a copy of it all along. During this global health emergency, all nursing homes must comply with the expedited receipt of residents returning from hospitals to nursing homes. Residents are deemed appropriate for return to a not-nursing hospital upon a determination by the hospital physician or designee that the resident is medically stable for return. Hospital discharge planners must, they underscore, confirm to the nursing home by telephone that the resident is medically stable for discharge. Comprehensive discharge instructions must be provided by the hospital prior to the transport of a resident to the nursing home. Now what I'm about to read to you is underscored in the memo, a.k.a. death warrant. No resident shall be denied readmission or admission to the nursing home solely based on a confirmed or suspected diagnosis of COVID-19. Nursing homes are prohibited from requiring a hospitalized resident who is determined medically stable to be tested for COVID-19 prior to admission or readmission. Now, those are the key sentences and paragraphs. March 25, 2020, this was a death warrant for thousands and thousands of senior citizens. One like this was issued by the state of Michigan. One like this was issued by the state of Pennsylvania. One like this was issued by the state of New Jersey. One like this was issued by the state of California. These are big population states, big population states. Over 40% of the deaths, maybe even by this point close to 50%, occurred in 0.06% of the population in this country. That is, the people residing in nursing homes and assisted living homes. And these decisions were not made by the President of the United States. They were made by governors who have the absolute authority. And Joe Biden hasn't criticized any of these death warrants, never mentions them. He hasn't criticized any of these uh, Democrat governors, never mentions them. Instead, he blames the President of the United States, as do his media mouthpieces and the Praetorian Guard. So I assume Joe Biden embraces this, or would have. And can you imagine having a President of the United States encouraging all the states to take corona-positive patients and putting them back in nursing home facilities? I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition.
The establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Now I have in front of me a letter that was issued September 8th of this year by the CEOs of nine of the largest pharmaceutical companies in America. In fact, those pharmaceutical companies, let me turn to the last page, AstraZeneca, BioNTech, GlaxoSmithKline, Johnson & Johnson, Merck, Moderna, Novavax, Pfizer, and Sanofi. These are the big nine. And they issued this letter one week ago today, pledging that they are going to follow the science. That's what they're about. They say, always make the safety well-being of vaccinated individuals our top priority. Continue to adhere to high scientific and ethical standards regarding the conduct of clinical trials and the rigor of manufacturing processes. Only submit for approval or emergency use authorization after demonstrating safety and efficacy through a phase three clinical study that is designed and conducted to meet requirements of expert regulatory authorities such as the FDA. Work to ensure a sufficient supply and range of vaccine options, including those suitable for global access. And yet the Democrats want you to believe that these companies, that the experts in the federal government and that the Trump administration are in a rush. And they're going to be cutting corners. First of all, it's good that they're in a rush. Don't they want to save lives? What the hell's wrong with these people? But what Biden and Kamala Harris and the media are trying to do are to raise questions about the vaccine in order to raise questions about the President of the United States to try and kneecap him before the election. To make you think that this is all about politics, electioneering politics. The President doesn't run these pharmaceutical companies. They don't have any evidence whatsoever that there's any politics in this. None. The President started Operation Warp Speed. He wants to get this done. He wants to save lives. Why don't the Democrats join him? Why don't they encourage this? Why don't they go on TV and say this is a great thing? Because it doesn't help them politically. That's why. It doesn't help them politically. You need to think about that. Where Joe Biden says, you know, he would have done things differently. Joe Biden had his chance, and he blew it big time. It's called the swine flu. They say they follow the science. Well, here's the scientists, the CEOs of these pharmaceutical companies. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. It's amazing how much the president has actually accomplished, given the fact that he has every major cultural force in this country against him, given the fact that they tried to destroy him politically, given the fact that the Democrat Party would rather see this country sink than him have a success. It's truly disgusting. Now, this town hall last night, ABC News, was pathetic. George Stephanopoulos was pathetic. It was my understanding that it was going to be a town hall 
with truly independent people asking questions. Well, you saw what it was. Stephanopoulos took up much of the air. He pressed the left-wing agenda, whether it was Obamacare, whatever it was. A lot of these people who spoke out were rude to the President of the United States. He was actually very kind and polite to everybody. President of the United States, some of them said, you know, we voted for you, and I have some questions and so forth. It was clear they hadn't voted for him. I also, the questions that say, what are you going to do for me? What are you going to do for me? That's a complete put-off as far as I'm concerned. What are you going to do for yourself? But the president did a very good job under the circumstances, particularly at the end. The lady from the Dominican Republic, I believe, who had recently come to the United States, become a citizen, as did her mother, and her mother died last month from cancer that had metastasized from her breasts to her brain and the rest of her body. Terrible. The president was enormously compassionate. Notice Joe Biden will not will not allow himself to be questioned like this, even by a friendly like George Stephanopoulos, longtime Democrat, longtime Clintonoid with hemorrhoids, longtime head of the war room going after women, as a matter of fact. But I want to add to something here. I want you to listen and cut 20, where Stephanopoulos presses the president on disparaging soldiers. Cut 20, go. Mr. President, you have, you have used language like that in the past. You did say that John McCain wasn't a, a war hero and notably silent in the wake of this article where General John let, Kelly... Let's, let, let's stop a second about John McCain. He was a war hero. But he was a political disaster. He was a disaster as a presidential candidate. Gave us four years of Obama. This is not personal with me. I don't know John. I didn't know John McCain. But let us not forget what John McCain did to Donald Trump, which of course Stephanopoulos doesn't mention. John McCain sent his own aide overseas to acquire a copy of the dossier. Remember this, Mr. Producer. And they took a copy of the dossier and they gave it to the Justice Department, the FBI in particular, as I recall. Because John McCain wanted to take out Donald Trump. They didn't like each other. McCain started it. We all know Trump is a counterpuncher. But that's the context for what took place. McCain wanted to take out Donald Trump. Now people could try and Spin this story all they want. It's public. It's known. That's why the president responded the way he responded. The good, the bad, and the ugly. But context is never provided. And when John McCain did pass away, the president of the United States could not have been more gracious. He had access to all the military uh, resources that were available. Flags were a half-mask. Of course, he wasn't invited to any of these events. Speaker after speaker trashed the President of the United States. So it always goes one way around here. 
They can talk about what the president said about John McCain. What about what John McCain did to the president? Then they talk about Jim Mattis. Jim Mattis? Jim Mattis has been leaking against the President of the United States. He's been issuing letters against the President of the United States. He's been interviewed against the President of the United States. You know, there was a time when old soldiers, as MacArthur said, faded away. But Mattis is trying to settle scores, and so is Kelly. These are new types of generals, and it's very ugly. It's very ugly. And we now know that Mattis, shockingly, had talked to the Director of National Intelligence, Daniel Coates, another loser, about taking some sort of collective action against the President of the United States. An ex-general heading the Defense Department, an ex-senator as Director of National Intelligence, and what were they going to take action against? Harsani, who's a great writer, David Harsani at National Review, did a great piece on this today. Their differences with the President were about policy. That was their differences. And they tried to blow it into something much bigger, as did John Bolton. Their differences with the president were about policy, but the president sets policy. Not an ex-general who's the head of the Defense Department, not an ex-general who's the chief of staff, not an ex-senator who's the director of national intelligence, not an ex-political appointee who's the head of national security. The president sets policy. Not them. George Stephanopoulos has no evidence whatsoever. Nobody does. That this Atlantic article is accurate. The best uh, the reporter at Fox News could do. Uh, Catherine Herridge, I believe her name. No, uh, Jennifer is her name. Was to confirm that with two of the anonymous sources that they were two of the anonymous sources. But she couldn't confirm the story. And indeed, 25 people on the record, with all kinds of backgrounds and so forth, said the story was false. And then later, the writer of the story, who's a well-known Obama Democrat hack, Jeffrey Goldberg, the Atlanta is a joke, the Atlantic, he basically admitted they couldn't confirm the uh, basic or core allegations in the article. And that went on for what? It's still going on. Just like the lie about Donald Trump ignoring intelligence or not receiving intelligence about Vladimir Putin putting a bounty on the heads of American soldiers, paying Taliban to kill them. We now know from the reports yesterday, that was a lie. They can't confirm that, and yet the New York Times ran with that. And that went on for like three weeks. It still goes on, where the Democrats and the media jointly, in a chorus, accused the president of all kinds of things. That was a lie. That was a lie. Then they pushed the Woodward stuff. Before that, they were pushing the niece. Before that, they were pushing Bolton. Then they pushed the lady who's attacking the first lady. Now they're pushing the, the ex-lawyer, Cohen, an admitted felon. Book after book after book. And what's interesting, at the end of Woodward's book, and of course I won't buy it, and you shouldn't either, he says that Trump is unfit to be president of the United States based on his interviews. Really? He could have put that in the front of the book because that's where he was heading all along. I'll be right back. 
You know what I hate? Overpaying for something. We're already taxed to death. Then you pile on all the other services holding us hostage to high rates. Home internet, cable, utilities. Then there's your cell phone bill. AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. They all want to charge you for data you'll never need and so-called perks you'll never use. Thank goodness for Pure Talk USA. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same coverage, same towers, same bars, but costs you half with no contract and no excessive fees. Right now, enjoy unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. The average person is saving $400 a year on their wireless bill. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. When you do, you'll save $250 off any iPhone, including the brand new iPhone SE. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast. What deal can we have at Crazy Nancy? I'm sorry, I, that, that was the president. I, I, I have such reverence for the office, I would never use that term. But it is but you hard, just did. isn't it? Oh, come <laughs> but on. you just did. You know what I mean. You know, I know what I mean. mean. Yeah, he means you're crazy. <laughs> I don't understand what he was trying to get at this Jim Cramer, but that said, I just thought that was hilarious. Now, crazy Nancy, <laughs> and you should have seen her face. It boy, did it contort! Did you see that, Mister Producer? Oh my lord! Looked like she wanted to claw his eyes out. I mean, the dentures were flopping around. Her face was dripping. She was in a in a, in a terrible way. Needed another trip to the salon, but Eva Pelosi, there she was. <laughs> man, oh, Manischewitz, do we have big shows coming up. Radio, Levin TV, Life, Liberty, and Levin. I'll be interviewing the President of the United States, which I haven't done yet. Some people have interviewed him. Typically, he'll do 20 minutes or so. It'll be for the full hour, this coming Life, Liberty, and Levin, so you might want to mark that down. I haven't interviewed him yet. The following week, the Secretary of State. The week after that, Senator Ted Cruz. And the week after that, good friend of mine, Pastor John Heggie. That's four. Then we'll have three more life, liberty, and Levins until the election. And I've decided the Sunday before the Tuesday of the actual election... I'm not going to have any guest. I will do that myself. I want to thank you for watching that program. It is now the number one overall audience program on Sunday on all cable news channels. That's thanks to you. And apparently you like the format. But uh, this isn't a, uh, a shot in the dark. It's been going on now for some time. We've been the number one show on Sundays. Uh, You won't read that in most newspapers. You'll read that in the trades. You won't read that on most websites, so I have to tell you. But I'm proud to tell you. That's thanks to you, not me. And so I've not interviewed the President of the United States in in, uh, his first term in office. Uh, Some people interview him by phone. Some people interview him regularly. This will be our first interview, nice long-form interview for the full hour. 
And I will not conduct my interview like George Stephanopoulos or Bob Woodward. This is going to be above board. I'm going to ask him questions, elicit information, not try and set him up and take cheap shots and look for news headlines. I don't care about any of that. What I try to do with my guests is give them an opportunity to talk about what they're doing or talk about themselves. That's what I think you want to know. That's what I do and that's what I will do. By the way, please sign up for my podcast. It's absolutely free. Mr. Producer, open your microphone and tell the American people the fastest way to do that. Go to Mark Levin Show, Audio Rewind, marklevinshow.com, Audio Rewind. Sign up for any platform they'd like. That's the fastest way? That is. Or you can go to Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. We'll have a direct line there that'll take you right to the Apple Podcast platform. Go ahead and sign up, particularly in New York, for tomorrow because they're going to preempt us for two hours. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Mitt Romney. I know it's dinner time. Nonetheless, I must say his name. Over at the Federalist, a great site, Ariel Davidson, as Democrats and the media remain fanatically obsessed with assembling some form of quid pro quo from the infamous Trump-Zelensky phone call. Remember that? I just wanted to remind you that a top Romney advisor worked with Hunter Biden. Why do I bring this up now? Because when I was on the South Lawn of the White House, the strangest thing happened yesterday. As I and others were watching history, the President, the Prime Minister of Israel, and the two foreign ministers, UAE and Bahrain. I saw a number of people sitting up front that was rather shocking. I don't understand it. The former Obama special assistant, who now runs the Anti-Defamation League and is a Trump hater. He was there. A billionaire who was born in Egypt, came to the United States via Israel, named Chaim Sabin, who just had a $500,000 a ticket fundraiser for Biden to defeat Trump He was there. And there were others who have fought this president, the prime minister of Israel, tooth and nail to prevent that very day from happening. Who are now 
working overtime to defeat the President of the United States in the election. We're actually sitting there. I couldn't believe it. I don't know. I'm not in charge of the guest list. It's just, it, it, it's just, I, I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. Other big-time Democrats trying to defeat the president, other big-time Democrats who are constantly attacking the president, sitting there. What do I know? Sheldon Adelson is a tremendous patriot, as is his wife. And Sheldon Adelson, he's well into his 80s. As you know, he's a casino magnate. He supports patriots and conservatives and Republicans and so forth. As does his wonderful wife, Miriam Adelson. I said yesterday, with Bloomberg putting $100 million in Florida, where are our billionaires? And I also said yesterday that Sheldon Adelson seems to carry this burden almost singularly with his wife. Well, where are the other billionaires in the Republican Party? Are they going to be okay with a wealth tax? Are they going to be okay with a, the destruction of this society? They're not stepping up to the plate. They're really not. To counter Bloomberg and the rest of them. And uh, lo and behold, there's a piece today in uh, CNBC about Sheldon Adelson. Casino magnate and Republican mega donor Sheldon Adelson is plotting a, notice plotting, in other words, he's preparing, a spending blitz to support President Trump with just under 50 days to go until Election Day, CNBC has learned. Now, I'm not revealing anything. This is in the public media. Adelson, CEO of Las Vegas Sands, is looking to spend around 20 to 50 million in a last-ditch effort to help Trump overcome Joe Biden. Most of the money is expected to go toward the new pro-Trump super PAC, Preserve America. Other organizations, including the Trump campaign, the RNC, and groups helping Republicans in Congress could also see some of the Adelson money. The development comes after Axios recently reported that Adelson's top advisor told a group of Republican donors that he and his wife are planning to jump in to help Trump. Still, their efforts to help Trump in 2016, the Adelsons have remained close to the president. Now, it goes on to say that uh, the developments also come after Democrat billionaire Mike Bloomberg pledged to spend $100 million supporting Biden in swing state Florida. Bloomberg's money will go toward a mix of TV and digital ads and so forth and so on. Bloomberg has a net worth of over $54 billion. Adelson has a net worth of $33 billion. Where are the other billionaires in the Republican Party? Only Adelson is to carry this ball? Look at the Koch brothers. Or not even the Koch brothers anymore. Charles Koch, the Koch Enterprises. That man's worth over $50 billion. 60 to $70 billion. But he sort of have become ideologically deranged in some ways. He's joined with George Soros 
on foreign policy issues. He's joined with the hard left on immigration issues. He apparently despises the President of the United States because of his dealings with China, among others. It's shocking. Now, I I could say that these people are going to get what they deserve. The problem is, if they get what they deserve, we're all going to get what we don't deserve. We'll all get what we don't deserve. Now, here's a little bit of a good story. Rasmussen survey. For the first time, the president is leading Biden. According to a new Rasmussen report survey, for the first time, President Trump is leading Joe Biden among respondents. And Trump's approval rating has surged to tie his highest percentage this year. Rasmussen conducts a weekly survey. And this week, the president garnered 47% of the respondents' votes, while Biden obtained 46. Additionally, Trump approval rating rose to 52%, as reported in the Washington Examiner. Rasmussen reports state President Trump has now edged to a one-point lead over, over Joe Biden in the latest Rasmussen Reports weekly White House Watch survey. While statistically insignificant, it's the first time Trump has been ahead. The race has narrowed over the past two weeks. Biden had a two-point lead last week. But the survey is marked the first time Trump has edged above 45% over the past two and a half months prior to this week. Biden bested Trump in every weekly survey since White House Watch began at the beginning of July. The examiner noted, Washington examiner, Rasmussen, which called Hillary Clinton's margin of the popular vote win in 2016 accurately, did not oversample Democrats like many other pollsters do. Of its likely voter count, see, they're doing it properly. Not likely voters, excuse me, not registered voters, but likely voters. And taking the true uh, statistical number, that is percentage of Democrats and Republicans and independents. Of its likely voter count, 37% were Democrats, 33% were Republican, 30% were independent. Rasmussen added, Trump shows surprising strength among other minority voters, suggesting perhaps that he is attracting Hispanic support as violent racial protests continue in many major cities. And as the Democrats keep going around like parrots saying Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, and I'm not talking about black people, I'm talking about the organization. The largest minority now in this country are the Hispanics. And they must be wondering, wait a minute, don't Hispanic lives matter too? Just as everybody's saying, all lives matter. No, 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 just black lives matter. I suspect that's a turnoff. When you just focus on one group, I suspect that's a turnoff for Hispanic Americans. I also suspect it's a turnoff watching all this violence and rioting, watching all this arson. You have Hispanics who've been here for some time, but you also have relatively newly arrived Hispanics who have become citizens who don't care for all this violence. Many of them have left cultures and countries for this very reason. Many of them have left countries like Mexico and Honduras, which are extremely violent. Or Nicaragua and Venezuela. 
extremely violent. And they don't like hearing all this Marxist pablum either. Because they escaped the Marxist pablum. In Cuba and Venezuela and Nicaragua and so much of the rest. And so many of the rest of these countries. That they're not buying in on this Marxist agenda. So when they hear Kamala Harris or they hear Bernie Sanders or AOC or any of the rest of them. They go, wait a minute, I've heard this before. In Spanish, but nonetheless, in English, it sounds just as bad. Oh, no, you don't understand here. Uh, We need to redistribute the wealth. We need to destroy law enforcement. We need to embrace Marxism and anarchism. And they see this and go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We didn't come to this country for this. I have another question to ask you, ladies and gentlemen, before I, I take a break. What exactly, and I mean this, what exactly is the Joe Biden plan for ending the violence and the rioting? What's the plan? He has no plan. He's attacked local law enforcement. He doesn't believe in sending in the National Guard. He doesn't believe in sending in federal law enforcement. What's his plan? He has no plan. There's no plan. So when he says, you know, the rioting really kind of is upsetting. (laughs) It's uh, counterproductive. Kind of the best he can do. He has no plan to confront it. I noticed one other thing. Let me ask you this, Mr. Producer. Have you noticed all the rioting and violence has suddenly stopped? Have you noticed that, ladies and gentlemen? But it hasn't. It's still going on. Maybe not to the extent, but it's still going on. And the coverage is very limited. Why is that, Mr. Producer? It's because it was hurting the Democrats. It was hurting Joe Biden. And so the mostly peaceful protests now are mostly no protests. As the Democrats and the media continue to manipulate our reality. The fact is, policemen are still being shot. Black Lives Matter is still out harassing people. Antifa is still out harassing people. It's still going on. Police forces are still under attack in New York City and in Chicago. In Los Angeles. Portland, Seattle, all over the country. They're still under assault. Just you're not hearing about it now because... It doesn't help the Democrats. The people were starting to turn on them, especially in the suburbs, and we can't have that. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. 
And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. How about some calls? I say yes, we can. Eric, Raleigh, North Carolina on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hey, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. Just wanted you to bet. check with you about... COVID-19, just wanted to fuss a little bit. Uh, as a nurse, it, I, it's like I tell folks all the time, there's nothing that I'm doing different now than I've not done before. Hmm. Wash your hands. If you're sick, you don't go to work. And if you're sick, you don't go see grandma. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that. But mm-hmm. it just disgusts me the way that they have just terrified the entire population by politicizing this whole thing. And what about blaming the president for deaths? Is that not the sickest thing in the world? It's ridiculous. And just the whole concept of what is a COVID death, nobody can define what that is. It's no, and, and you're exactly right. And states uh, market differently. And uh, no, you're quite right. All right, Eric. Thank you, my friend, for being out there and doing the right thing. Let us go to Joy, Lexington, South Carolina, the great WVOC. Go. Mark, hey, I love you so much. You and Thank Julie, you. I pray for y'all often. I love your show. Thank you. And I wanted to let you know that I'm about to drive my husband and my son crazy over the last 13 years since I discovered your radio show. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, hope and I hope he's not looking for a divorce, I'm just saying. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but I wanted to let you know that uh, you've touched my heart in so many ways. And I was calling about the hospital thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, too, that Franklin Graham and Sue Samaritan's purse had put a thousand beds up. Oh, there. right, right, months. right. And it's, they didn't use any of them either. And they weren't used either, so they had thousands of beds there. Yes. And they're shoving these corona-positive patients into nursing homes and assisted living homes. He needs to be tried for murder. I'm serious. And and why doesn't Biden uh, take on his own party, take on his own governor? The reason is simple. It's all politics with these guys. Absolutely. I just want to say thank you so much for being out there and being the really the best lawyer in the country. I'm sorry. It's just my Whoa. opinion. Well, well you don't know my wife, in. but thank you very much, Joy. I appreciate it. All right. Let's continue. Kramer. Is your name really Kramer from West Virginia, Mark Levin app? Is your name Kramer, sir? That's my last name. My first name is Country. Country Kramer. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, I just want to say thanks for everything you do. You're a rock star. Well, thank um, you. Just wanted, I made a couple observations. Well, yes, sir. I guess the thoughts of reason why Biden you know, tries to say the for his campaign rallies, if you want to call them that. Right. Yeah, they're so little. And I think that if uh, he were to actually have a full-blown rally, mm-hmm. like, they don't want the cameras to see that there's nobody there, regard, you know, whether or not... I, I think a, you're right. The enthusiasm is almost non-existence. The hate for Trump is what they hope to bring out. And that's why his entire campaign 
apart from his 110-page Communist Manifesto, which they seem to be hiding, uh, it's really for, their, for the Marxist wing of the Democrat Party. Their entire campaign is to attack Trump, accuse him of the deaths from this virus, accuse him of the riots, accuse him of the wildfires, just on and on and on. And they know they're going to have a, uh, a complicit media, and they think they're going to get away with this. Do you think they're going to get away with this? Uh, possibly. And that was another question I had, you know, in regards to the media. Like, mm-hmm. you know, our Constitution gives, you know, us the right to a free press. Like, when do they, I mean... Well, let me, let me address what I think you're trying to get to. Early on, you know, we had the, uh, the Bill of Rights, including the First Amendment. And people don't know the, the, the Bill of Rights didn't apply to the states. It applied only to the federal government. So later on in our history, really not that long ago, uh, the uh, Supreme Court started what they called the uh, incorporation doctrine. and started to apply the Bill of Rights to the states. That said, in the states you had various types of defamation laws. And you could bring lawsuits against uh, the press and so forth. Uh, that was all changed in a case in the early 60s called uh, New York versus Sullivan where they gave immunity pretty much to the media when it comes to public figures because the bar is so high to win a case. That case needs to be reversed. 8 the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. This is the show the New York Times is afraid of. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, we want to help some candidates, particularly those running in the House, who have a decent shot at winning if they can just get a little bit of help. And I've met several of them, and one of the gentlemen I met is extraordinarily impressed. Big guy, by the way. He could take me, no question about it but also a smart guy and a patron. His name is Dan Rodimer. He's running Nevada's 3rd Congressional District. Dan, how are you, my friend? Mark, thank you so much. Great one. I appreciate it. For on your show, I'm honored. Well, it's a, it's a great pleasure. Now, tell us about your district. Tell us about your opponent. Tell us what's going on. Okay, well, I am running in Nevada's 3rd District. It's about one-third independent, one-third third oh Democrat, and uh, we are we are doing good in the polls. We are up. It's a district that President Trump won by two points uh, back in sixteen, and um, he was just out here this weekend, and he's fired up. 
He's fired up because he knows that we can take back Nevada and get those six electoral votes. So it's, it's a race right now that, uh, that everybody out here knows that we can take it back. People are frustrated. It uh, consists of uh, Summerlin, uh, Henderson, Boulder City, all the way down to Laughlin. So it's a larger district. But uh, folks out here want Tell to us about your opponent. Uh, Susie Lee. Um, old scammy Susie. She is, uh, she's a freshman incumbent, and she has a, a number of, of uh, scandals right now. She, uh, she lobbied to get $5.6 million in PPP funding for her family and then got caught, lied about it, and, uh, and now she's being investigated. And then they found out that she did some, some unethical stock trades back in January before the president shut down flights to China, she decided to uh, sell off a lot of her stock and buy up stock that, that would make her money. So she's not very liked right now. And, and, and she won't debate me either. So I'm a little bit frustrated about that, Mark. So she doesn't represent the district. She's obviously, uh, based on what you're saying, involved in self-dealing. How are the media? Are they uh, kind of tipping towards her? or How is that going? It's like the media all around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're definitely tipping towards her. And, uh, you know, we just have to get around it. And, and we have. You know, I'm out there every day, and, and, and Susie Lee isn't. She's nowhere to be found. In fact, uh, you know, just during the first COVID relief plan, you know, she was off eating ice cream with Nancy Pelosi for two weeks, hiding out uh, while folks needed needed uh, needed money to survive, to pay their bills, to pay their mortgage, pay their their rent. And uh, people are very very upset with her, and they need a voice that will go out to Washington D.C. And, and get things done. You have a very corrupt governor there, in my view, politically corrupt anyway. Uh tried to change and did change the voting system and recover a dark with the Democrats in the legislature uh, just a few weeks ago to try and tip the balance toward the Democrats, massive mail-in voting, uh, uh, and then uh, and then the other process they use after the election and so forth. Uh, you, still think, uh, you still think the president can win the state and we can win a few congressional seats despite the fact what the, government, the governor has done? Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. But you need a big turnout, right? You need a lot of enthusiasm. And we got the enthusiasm, Mark. You know me. I mean, I, mm. I had the honor of meet, uh, meeting you out there in Colorado with, uh, with, with our great Ted Cruz. Mm. And, you know, we, we have a lot of candidates across the country that are just incredible patriots. You know, they're not politicians. You met a lot of them. And, you know, they might have their AOC on the left, but I'm telling you, we're coming in and we're going to be coming in strong. And, you know, these are, these are the candidates that are going to be coming in, and they're not afraid. And I tell everybody all the time, I'll be the first one to go on. Uh, you know, actually, Ted Cruz said to me, he said, Dan, you know, you get up there, you're going to be the face of Fox News. I said, I don't want to be the face of Fox News. I want to be the face of CNN and MSNBC. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> People need to know that you were a professional wrestler. I was. So I was you, don't, you don't take much crap. Well, hey, you know, being six, seven, three hundred pounds, you know, we're going to take a folding chair right to the establishment. <laughs> but you're also, and people have, you know, stereotype. You're also incredibly intelligent, very substantive. You're very solid, and you want to get to Washington to make a difference. And uh, you've got a really a, a a person you're running against. She's very left wing. She lies to the people back in the district to try and convince them she's not left wing. This is a marginal district, isn't it? It is. 
it, it is very, very marginal. Uh, this is uh, a race where we know uh, it's a, a uh, it's a battleground uh, state right here. I mean, this is uh, we win this district. And this is what the president said. You know, uh, last week when I met up, you know, the fact is, Big Dan, you win CD3, I win Nevada. You mm-hmm. lose CD3, I lose Nevada. So no pressure there. <laughs> but it is important because you, we're all, you're all tied at the hip here. And because uh, if you can get your ground game out, get the votes out, make sure your people are registered, even early voting, whatever it takes, uh, and can win that seat, you will do a lot to help this country because you will help the president cross the finish line, right? Absolutely. And, and just last weekend when the president came here, it, it felt like 2016. Mm-hmm. You know, people were lined up all the way down the street, you know, close to a mile down the street. And it, was, it felt like old times. You know, and, and of course the media came at us and said, oh, you know, you're not allowed to, to, to come together and, uh, because of COVID. But the fact is, is there was no looting. There was no burning down any buildings. There was, there was no fighting. And, you know, we did it the right way. And that's our constitutional rights to be able to go out there, assemble, and freedom of speech. And, and that's things that we need to fight for. Now, if people want to support you, people want to support you. Uh, either donating or from around the country or in your district, working the polls and so forth. Where do they go? They go to danrodimer.com. Dan, R-O-D-I-M-E-R, Dan, R-O-D-I-M-E-R.com. We're putting that up on our social sites, Mark Levin Show, Facebook, Mark Levin Show, Twitter. It's Dan, R-O-D-I-M-E-R.com. This is another crucial district that we really must win. Any final words, Dan? Hey, the fact is, is I will fight for our small businesses. I will fight for our children. I'll fight for our veterans. And if need be, Mark, I will take a folding chair right to the establishment. God bless <laughs> President Trump. God bless Nevada. And God bless America. I bet you could take out Steny Hoyer. All right, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mark, so Dan, much. Dan, you're a great guy. God bless. Take care of yourself. He's very enthusiastic. All these people I'm bringing on the program are uniquely talented. They really have a chance to win these districts. They're going to be solidly conservative. And if we win these, these seats where I'm bringing these individuals on, we will control the House of Representatives. I'm not bringing any rhinos on. These are tough seats. They're marginal seats. We're trying to take out Democrats. That's what we're trying to do here in these tight seats that the Republicans should win. And we've got some fantastic candidates, and you're hearing from them. Dan Rodemer is the latest. He's the latest. So if you can help him, you can go to his site, D-A-N-R-O-D-I-M-E-R.com. Notice I'm not telling you to give it to the party. These are specific candidates. DanRodemer.com. And as I say every time, if their opponents wish to come on and they want to be grilled, they're more than happy to come on. We're more than happy to have them. But we're never taken up. Never. Let's go to Sal, West Hollywood, California, the great KRLA, 870 The Answer, where we're live and national. Go. Um, Mark, thanks for taking my call. Great fan, loyal follower. Thank you, Sal. Question for you, Mark. Um, I'm watching the Sololinsky, George Soros backed radical left agenda moving the goalposts, mm-hmm. moving the goalposts. We've been watching for years. 
And uh, slowly, 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 our culture has changed, whether it be politically correct conversation, how we conduct ourselves. My question is to you is, seeing how law and order has been so abused, um, that it, there's a lot of folks like myself who would like to see us get back to the days of law and order where, you know, authority is respected, where private property is respected, where civil liberties are respected, and these yeah. thug anarchists are put in their place. When that happens, it's going to create uh, another backlash that we're being out of uh, uh, line with our desire to go back to law and order my question Sir, i'm not i'm not following you what is your question my question is how do we get back there how when <laughs> well, that happens? well i don't know i guess i'll have to snap my fingers I don't know. <clears throat> no of course not but- it's a very complicated question and you know it is uh how do we get back there we have issues related to education we have issues related to the culture whether it's sports or hollywood or literature we have issues related to the media we have issues related to the democrat party And while I'd love to have a 30-second answer for you, it's simply impossible. Uh, This is a very, very difficult task. It took us 100 years to get here, and it's going to take us more than 15 seconds to figure out how to take it back. But uh, that's the purpose of this program and the books I write and the TV shows I do. I discuss each and every issue, each and every level of this. Uh, but, uh, but I cannot just give a fortune cookie response to it. I appreciate your call, Sal. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Harlan, Gun Barrel, Texas. I love that name. You know, I'd like to change the name of my town, like to Bazooka Leesburg. You know what I mean? The great WBAP. Go. That's a pretty romantic city name. Um, you know, it's because of you that I know this. You were talking about the, um, the people who had migrated to this country from dictatorships that they left, Central mm-hmm. America and so on. And then I remember... It's because of you, Mark, that I started looking into the Founders' documents and the deliberations they went through mm-hmm. to arrive at the Constitution. And I get all of it from Hillsdale College, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry Arnold is amazing. But it is. Wasn't, that, wasn't that critical in, the doc, in the, all the deliberations and the arguments? All of them had in mind uh, a millennia of, of dictatorships and kingships from Europe and England. Mm-hmm. 
and the reason that they and, and, and the mobs from the French yeah, Revolution. Yeah. They, 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 French Revolution was going on at a very similar time as the American Revolution, and they wanted none of that either. Yeah, and de Tocqueville was good reference for that. Um, he would come so, later, uh, but yes. Yeah, yeah. So, in answer to that caller's question about how do we get it back, I think we need to educate ourselves. Uh, Hillsdale. Yeah, but that, that that's the problem. <clears throat> Hillsdale is an exception. In terms of our public schools, elementary and beyond, right now they're indoctrinating them about systemic racism, white privilege, LGBTQ. Uh, we got to get these schools back. We got to get these universities back, or all is lost. Yeah, but, and I'm, I'm going to start writing about this, but it's not so easy. Yeah, true. Uh, but it's, you know, you started me thinking after Obama's reign of terror. I started digging into the uh, Founders' document, particularly Founders' Key, a great book by Larry, and uh, they talk about all, all the reasons why the Constitution was written the way it was. But if we need to, cu- we can cultivate it as adults. Although we didn't get it in public school. All right, listen to me a second. I'm not opposed to all this, but we're, we're this. It's different now than it was six months ago. Okay, which is this. We now have to get our nails dirty. We now have to get our fingers dirty. I've written more books than any modern conservative on the issues of the Constitution and the Declaration, the issues of liberty and capitalism, private property rights, the philosophy behind our views and the ideology behind theirs. But none of it's going to matter if we don't get control of the instrumentalities that brainwash our children. So you say, well, we need to read. Well, of course we need to read. But how do we get these instrumentalities back? That's the question. That's the puzzle. And we need to do some serious thinking about this, which I'm trying to do, by the way. And so we're funding our own demise. We're funding these school systems that are destroying the the minds of our children. Many of us have been funding the, uh, the tuition for our kids to go to college. They come out completely different in many cases. We're funding as taxpayers the tenure of Marxist professors who preach the elimination of our country. We're voluntarily giving our money to people in Hollywood and people in sports who have a destructive ideology about us, the people who pay their way. We have to have a serious, you know, uh, reconsideration of what's taking place in this country. I can argue and I will argue about the Constitution. But to suggest it's going to be easy and it's just a matter of reading some books is not true. And so I'm going to do something differently, something I've not really done before and during the course of my uh, uh, the radio shows and TV shows, go a little bit further, a step further. And we're going to try and contemplate and try and figure out a way out of this. It's not going to be easy, but it has to be considered and it needs to be started one way or another. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Remember, nation, particularly New York tomorrow, tap into my podcast. MarkLevinShow.com, go there, and it'll show you how to, how to get my podcast. It's absolutely free. See you tomorrow for those of you who are out there. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.